Hey guys, welcome to episode 260 of the podcast with my guest, Kelsey Scott. Uh, I just want to say a couple of things before the beginning of the episode. We recorded this um, quite clearly from the episode before the events uh, of last Sunday night in Las Vegas. And, you know, I just felt like I wanted to acknowledge that... um, it's so strange to me that <laughs> that it's come to the point now where things like this seem to happen so frequently. And I'm not saying anything new here. I'm sure m- many people more qualified and more intelligent than I have said something similar um, in various outlets. But uh, this feels so commonplace now that you feel like everything should just sort of stop and the world should stand still um, in acknowledgement of what's happened and yet things just keep going and I'm still going to New York Comic Con and I'm still promoting the shows that I'm on and I'm still trying to entertain people by doing live shows while I'm there and that's really a struggle it's just a confusing strange time and uh, I'm sure that's how you all feel as well so for those of you who follow me on social media and stuff um, you know that I'm not Uh, hugely political there. And so I'm not saying a ton about what's going on, but rest assured, it's something that I think about every day, most of the day, and, uh, and I'm taking action um, locally. And I encourage you to do the same. I, I guess that's it. Sorry, I just felt like I needed to opine there some I needed to do it somewhere because I, I I don't know that I'm going to take to Twitter. And, uh, and talk about this stuff. Um, it's not my favorite medium to do that. Anyway, gosh, okay, thanks for bearing with me on that. Uh, I feel so incredibly lucky to get to do what I do and to um, be connected to listeners like you as part of that. It's just a huge bonus for me in, in my world, my work world and my personal world. Uh, I am really looking forward to um, having some laughs and hugging some people in New York. I've got shows on Friday night. One is a Plan 9 reading that I've told you about at the uh, Littlefield theater in Brooklyn. And then I have a another show right after that, that I'm doing with uh, Akron Blacker and a bunch of great thrilling adventure hour types. Uh, that's Star Wars based because they uh, wrote a Star Wars book that's coming out. Uh, I will also be, of course, tomorrow, Thursday, doing a ton of stuff uh, for Stand Against Evil, including a panel at New York Comic Con. So check the schedule of the con if you're interested in that. And then I'll be doing Cora related stuff on Saturday with Dark Horse. And I'll be seeing Brian uh, and Irene, too, who does the comics. Um, so that's going to be great. And I'll be doing a signing as well. So that's a lot of information. This is one of my longer intros. I can't lie about that. Uh, and then I just want to thank uh, Roberto and then m- my dear Nicole, uh, who has totally redesigned JanetVarney.com. And although I need to get some updated information on all these appearances there, I, she she's done a phenomenal job with the design and uh, she's just terrific. So if you ever need design work, let me know and I will um, put you straight to her. Okay. I will, uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. I hope you're doing okay. Thanks. Now entering Nerdist.com.
Well, that was more of a song. That was less of a talk and it's more okay. of a song. Right. No um, look, I even put some hand sanitizer. I mean, I don't know what I thought. I just got scared because um, I, while I feel like I don't have a huge germ paranoia, um, I do, I think my paranoia extends to getting other people sick. So, and by the way, again, I'm not convinced that I am even getting sick. I think it probably is allergies, uh-huh. but my paranoia is so strong that I was like, Oh God, what if but you have she comes over and then it's for other people. It's for other people. That's great. Cause I don't get sick that often. So maybe if I got sick more, I'd be more nervous about it. I don't but think you should wish to get sick more i guess that's also true yeah i feel like no. in this scenario i should leave things as they are and just I, have I a compassionate heart You've got the hand sanitizer just in I've case i've got the hand sanitizer i, I sanitized your microphone <laughs> even though i personally did not speak into it or breathe onto it or anything i still just was like in the this air, seems like right? the right thing to do totally yeah. get it it was it was absolutely the right thing to do thank you i'm You're very right. pleased thank to hear you. that i made a good decision no thank you thank you no but Thank you. I appreciate it. Do you feel like you were uh, a person who was trained in like mannerly skill, like manners? And was that important for you? Well, when I'm you from were the South. Out? So there you go. Yeah, there's a lot it's of a that, whole different. You know, it can be really whole like different let scenario. the car in front of us. We say hello to people when we're walking yeah. by on the street, which was an interesting transition coming to L.A. Well, it could have <laughs> been worse. You could have moved to New York. <laughs> and it really could have been like, oh, everyone hates me. Um, where, where are you from in the South? I'm from Atlanta. Oh. Yeah, love Atlanta. I'm home. there all the time, which I guess is true now for tons of actors. Right, but exactly. There's so much production going yeah. on there. Now. Not when I was there, but now. Yeah, I will great. say, when did you move? Oh, oh, don't use numbers. Um, okay. I, well, no, no. Just, I went to, um, <laughs> I, I moved technically when I went to school because I kind of never came back when I went yeah. to college. I yeah. just like never went back home. Yeah. So I've been gone a very long time. <laughs> so you got, you got used to, you've, you've had time to get used to the oh, yeah. uh, West I mean, Coast vibe. Nowadays people want me to actually claim Los Angeles and I do claim it as my residence, right. but my home Your is home's Atlanta. Atlanta. Yes. I was, uh, just to make this all about me because okay, let's not? face it, it is. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> I were, when I was on a show called Dinner and a Movie that shot at TBS mm-hmm. um, on Turner Studios, TBS. it was one of the very few like nothing was in Atlanta Mm -hmm. and so the fact that you know there were these little kind of hosted programs that were shot um in Atlanta was so novel to me and I was on it for seven years so over seven years I was doing stuff there and only towards the very end of me being there which is almost seven years ago now Mm -hmm. or six or five or something um did it start being like oh interesting tax break like something's starting to happen here where Mm -hmm. other people are coming I remember being on well there's here's your answer I remember being (laughs) on I think it was my last season that the show existed Mm -hmm. uh, flying there and one like the head writer of The Walking Dead was on the same flight because it was that that. was just getting started Mm -hmm. I think Um, and so that was really it was like oh the beginning of like oh other showbiz types on this uh, flight to Atlanta making their homes there yeah and And Tyler Perry I think would I think his studio he started building his studio again like not so like I don't think there was that much stuff going on there when I was there, but then I went and recurred on a BET show and I knew a lot of friends who were shooting stuff um, at his studio, but so yeah, he, he kind was, of he like, was, he yeah, really he definitely starting a one of the, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And now there's so many studios there. It's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of ridiculous. And now have you gone back there for work yet? That's the odd thing. I have not worked in Atlanta as an, uh, no, I would say for film and television. I have yeah. gone back for stage, but I haven't worked in film and television in Atlanta since I lived there. Yeah. And and not that like I went out for something and I didn't get it. Yeah. Somehow I don't Those even get in the room yeah. for something that's shooting at home. And I'm like, <laughs> so hey guys, I have a house there. Hello. You kind of don't have to pay for my hotel. Yeah, totally. Shh, right? <laughs> totally. Oh, that's so funny. 
Isn't that just the way? It's always the way. Do you feel like, do you feel, so that's a situation where potentially putting it out to the universe Mm -hmm. has not necessarily yielded results yet. I don't, you know what, or, I think I have almost like committed okay, to putting yeah, it out I think you would be like, oh, I think it would I be really easy. really like have a sit down mm-hmm. with the universe and be like, okay, yeah, I'm actually serious about this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to ask you that. I was going to say if you feel like you have other examples where you do feel like those things have happened. And like mine, for example, the only reason I thought of that is because mm-hmm. I had always wanted to go to Vancouver and I'd never been. And it started to like nag at me that I'd never been to Vancouver. And mm-hmm. I was like, I think, God, I really want to go. Like maybe I should just get a ticket and go and and, just go, right? and then I booked something like you know three weeks after I was like I for sure really want to go to Vancouver I booked oh, some, gotta, my first thing that went you've got a main line after three well, weeks I but is it that I like think the same five thing? months on wanting to do some action before I got fear the walking dead so I was like I was I just kept saying I really want to do something action I really want to do something action and yeah. then you know it happened that's but great it too. wasn't yeah. three weeks so we're well, gonna have to have a conversation to find exactly <laughs> well, what kind of mojo is, you got working with the I gotta universe. be honest with you my fear is 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 that is it a situation where you do that with other things and they don't happen so you don't think about them right because they that's didn't true. come true and then when something does kind of press the button that's like hold on you're like i totally to did that work. like i did that exactly. i made that happen right I exactly <laughs> so i sort of was like projecting back going like but what about like all the time like i do feel like i've i think i've been saying i'd love to do a comic-con in like england or ireland or scotland nice. everybody for nice. quite some time and that has not happened so there's a good experience i mean there's a good example you of know it three weeks that was it maybe it put you in a false sense of security yeah <laughs> then, i know no, then i got cocky your expectations are really really high now real yeah. cocky <laughs> so okay so you're from atlanta mm-hmm. yes i would say that is a very mannered city yes um i uh i enjoy that about it very much um very <laughs> friendly mm-hmm. uh it's and when you're when you came here for school, um, did you did you really well, feel that school kind of, in Florida? Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. So when you say yeah, you right. went so I left to Atlanta, school, then, then you went to Florida, then came down. Gotcha, right. gotcha. Mm-hmm. And how did you find Florida? Like, how did you feel about that? Uh, it was great. I was in Tallahassee, so it's kind of like South Georgia. It's not far enough into Florida where you really feel like I'm in a different state. Yeah, um, but yeah. it was it was great. It was probably one of the few places in the world I've experienced that's hotter than Atlanta. <sighs> uh, oh my gosh, Tell Tallahassee. Just I remember taking showers in between classes like oh you'd, you'd go to class and then you'd walk someplace and you'd think i need to bathe yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> oh so, yeah what and drew the humidity you to is so yeah. high. oh god yeah. the humidity is what kills me i'm mm-hmm. from arizona so i can't oh, yeah. uh, so i know. still worry about when i'm breathing in humidity my lungs and my brain are like you're dying something's right. wrong you're underwater I have a little like fluttery panicky feeling oh, no. of like, ooh, this is, uh, I don't, this isn't right. Um, what, what was this, what drew you to Tallahassee? What was the school? Um, well, I went to undergrad at Florida A&M and I went to grad at Florida State. But in terms of what drew me to Florida A&M, um, the journalism program. Mm, nice. Because I was not going to go to college. My mom had to have a sit down with me because I wanted to go right to New York and I wanted to do Broadway. And I was like, mom, I'm an actor. Yeah. I'm not going to college. I'm going right into my career. She's like, I'm an educator uh-huh. and you're going to college. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. so I had always been interested in writing because my grandmother was an avid writer. Um, nice. And so I was looking for a program that I thought I would enjoy. And then FAMU definitely had it. So I was yeah. like, okay. I'll go to Tallahassee. Yeah, yeah. What did you, um, what did you kind of focus on? Like, there are all, obviously a lot of a- aspects of journalism. Was there broadcast? I mean, Broadcast journalism. Oh, yeah, that was kind sense. of my so, way of still oh, getting on television. Yeah, there you right? go. There <laughs> like, you I go. will do broadcast and I'll minor in theater. Yeah. That way, yeah. you know. It's not Broadway, but it's as close as I'm going to get for four years. Uh, that so, makes sense. Yeah. It's all very, yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's a, 
that's a good compromising choice between your mom. Do you feel like your mom, does your mom, does, if she's still with us, do you still have, does she have that sort of like, okay, well, listen, now I see that you, like, I got my thing, but I can see that you were still headed that way. She did pass away some years ago, but she told me then, she was like, listen, if you get your degree, then after you graduate, anything you want to do, I am totally on board. I'm totally behind you. And she stuck to that. Nice. Nice. What was she, uh, what did she do as an educator? Uh, She was a professor. She's an English Mm -hmm. professor. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Nice. Both my parents were teachers. My mom was a professor. She taught uh, French at the U of A and then she went to a private school and taught there. And then my dad was always a senior public school English teacher, like his entire, his entire career. He started student teaching there when he was still in college and he stayed in basically, I think like the same classroom for 25 years or however long. Yeah. My mom retired. uh, retired after 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Those educators are dedicated. Boy, they work so hard. Yeah. Oh, they work so hard. Yeah. Do you have uh, siblings? I have one sister, one okay. older sister. Mm-hmm. One older sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was your uh, what was your teenage life like? What was your Atlanta uh, teenager going to school life like? It was good. And there's a there's almost a ten year gap between um, between me and my sisters. So oh, okay. So it was like almost like child. growing up an only child. Yeah, right? yeah, for but sure. But then when I turned like eighteen and nineteen, there was this really cool person that I liked who happened to be my sister, Hell yeah. and she didn't you know avoid me now because right. <laughs> I wasn't like the <laughs> pesky gotten, kid anymore. Right. Cool. So no, no, no. I had uh, I had great teenage years though because I was I, I was always into something artistic. I went to performing arts high school. I mean the whole shebang. Yeah, yeah. Local theater. That's kind of how I got into the business. So um, yeah, it was it was it was kind of like living the life of the the movie fame on a smaller scale and without television cameras. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. That's great. That's impressive for for a a, a city that is very cultured and has like all kinds of great artistic stuff going mm-hmm. on, but isn't necessarily a feeder the way like Hollywood high right. or someplace in New York is. Exactly. Um, what was the local theater like that you were doing? Were you, Oh, it was great. Um, the Alliance theater is the, the largest theater in Atlanta. And so I am, um, I started out kind of doing summer camp courses there. I think when I was, I don't know, like six or something like that. But I had been before that I'd actually been public speaking because my grandmother, who was the writer when she came to live with us after my grandfather passed away, she would write, like poetry and um, and speeches and then I would go around the community and then I would recite them and so so even actually even oh before gosh. I could read what she would do is that she would record herself um, for reciting the speeches and I'd play it over and over again until I memorized it until I could read so I was kind of up and doing stuff like that really really early that's and so it was always adorable. like give me that little girl who did that thing and that uh-huh. thing <laughs> and so and that's kind of how my reputation yeah, grew that little yeah. girl who did that thing at that thing our yes. little star right exactly so. um, did you go to church I did. Was I that did. up? What did you? Was there a performance element to well, the church too? In terms of my grandmother, because she yeah. used to write plays for the church. But it's oh, funny because awesome. I'm so I'm 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 baptized Catholic. My grandmother um, was Baptist. Um, my one of my best friends is Buddhist. Another is <laughs> my dad is Jewish. So yeah. I had all kinds of um, all kinds of influences religiously. Which is kind so of great, right? Yeah, so this is why I just now that. sit and talk to the universe. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I know. I've seen you in all your faces. Mm-hmm, so, absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, my grandmother would write um, plays for the church. And so I'd perform in that. And she started kind of like the oratorical um, club at the church. And yeah. Is there a, uh, is there a form of worship when it comes to formally going to a place and engaging in that way uh, that that felt the most fun to you or the most like interesting or felt or hit, you know, kind of felt like, oh, this does 
Or was it more about community? Probably my grandmother's church. Because, you know, Catholicism is is very regimented, Mm. which should actually appeal to me because I'm extremely type A and now have embraced it. So I'm proud of that. Good for you. Good for you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It took me a while. I fought it for a while. Totally understood. But but yeah, but it's it's very ordered. And, you know, you have the little book that you can literally kind of like set your clock by in terms of how the masses are conducted. Um, And... uh, and across the street was my grandmother's church. And so I used to go with her on Sundays if I didn't go with my mom. And I just found it, um, I found it a little more freeing. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved the music. Um, I loved the idea that you couldn't set your clock by everything. Yeah. It just felt, it just felt a little more, I, I guess it would be the, the right brain versus the left brain. No, it sure. It felt much sure. more right brain to me. Yeah. So that was more appealing. No, I, I had to go to, uh, these guys know I had to go to, um, Mormon church with my mom mm-hmm. as, and, and, and while I had, and so I would go to other friends' churches with them and stuff. Cause there was this sort of sense of like, I'm curious about, I feel like in general, most of my friends were as disinterested in the <laughs> religious side of it as I was. So yeah. there was, the sort of curiosity, social curiosity of like, oh, what's your t- what's your Jewish temple like? What's your Baptist church like? What's your universe, your Unitarian church yes. like? I really had to think about <laughs> right. that. I was like, universe, that's ours. <laughs> um, and uh, and I and I think I I sort of figured out pretty early on, like, oh, okay, well, Mormons kind of fall into this sort of in between where they're definitely not as formal and solemn as Catholicism, but they're also not as warm and musical and engaging <laughs> as a Baptist church. There's uh-huh. this sort of like they're like they're more community oriented, and there's less of a one person reciting things, mm-hmm. and a lot more like, and now the kids are going to give a talk, and now the, everyone sings the song, and here's the choir, and here's that. Um, but I think so many of us, even just from like media, look mm-hmm. at Baptist churches and are like, God damn, that's the way to worship. <laughs> Wonderful music a and high for spirits <laughs> and beautiful hats and just like. Oh, the hats are a thing. Calling back. Like you're, you thing. can, if you feel the spirit, you're responding. Like mm-hmm. that's the sort of like. That's the kind of vibe I want if people are, are are learning together or are celebrating something together. That feels like, fuck, yeah. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Ay, yay, ay. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, well, you know what? And I actually would love to talk about that. Was it, it was was the Baptist church primarily black? Was it a mix? Was it? It was primarily black. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. Actually, no, I think it was all black. I'm, <laughs> I was yeah. going back in my memory. I think it was. I mean, I think we had, I think we every once in a while that, you know, there was someone else that that came in through the doors, but but generally it was. And then across the street at at, at the Catholic Church, it was definitely a mix. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That is a. That, I mean, that is say what you will, but it is a pretty racially diverse uh, group. It's yeah. well because it made its way all over. I guess that's one of the one of <laughs> the situations we're talking that about here. It did. Yes. Um, well, that's one of the things that I and you know I always this is like especially right now I think things are very. Um, there's they're very charged with discussions about diversity and obviously there have been some very shocking or not so shocking but upsetting things that have happened Mm -hmm. in recent days that sort of up to and including the election of a president um (laughs) where you know i think a lot of people are feeling this wave of just like dismay Mm -hmm. of like oh god this is where we are and then there are a lot of people who are like yeah yeah you didn't know this was (laughs) where we were this is where we were we knew this is where we were Mm mm-hmm um, so I say this as a person who's like already apologetically naive about my experience in Atlanta. 
I'm from Arizona. It's it's a, a, there's a very big cultural mix there, but it's primarily Hispanic and mm-hmm. and Caucasian, um, and some Native American and definitely Black communities. But it's absolutely not like something like Atlanta, where for me, again, as a naive <laughs> West Coast white person, uh-huh. I feel it's the most vibrant, culturally diverse, and inclusive city that I've ever been in. That doesn't mean that there aren't neighborhoods that I'm sure vice versa are like, right, right, we right. don't go there. But for, again, the limited experience, but just from my experience living there, the crews I worked with, mm-hmm. the, I would say that. The, the housing situations I was in, the stores I shopped at, all of that felt so much more like, hi, everyone looks each other in the eye and smiles at each other. And <laughs> there's no, there, there just isn't like, there's, there's something there that feels sometimes absent to me in other cities. And is that crazy or, or I am I right? It's crazy. I mean, and it's interesting because, you know, obviously I, I grew up there, but the majority of my adult life, I haven't been there. So yeah. I've, I kind of re-experience it every time I go home to visit for holidays or, or, or go to not shoot something. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So I, so I am kind of learning the Atlanta that it has become yeah. because there was definitely a change like when the Olympics came like mm-hmm. that brought in a whole different kind of element um, and then people started flocking for the industry uh, it, it started out for music like it was like a really big hub for music mm-hmm. for a while and then it kind of progressed into film and television so it's been changing yeah. um, but I, I think you're right I think it's changing for the better that, that as the years go on as more industries come in that it just is more inclusive in general yeah what was the um, what was the makeup of your school like the performing arts school is it pretty diverse um yeah it was actually but i guess primarily because it was performing arts yeah. so many of us that school wasn't in our area we, mm-hmm. were, we were bust there because mm-hmm. of the performing arts program so yeah we had a really good a really good mix and do, uh, were there other subjects in school that you were interested in or were you sort of like i'm impatient to get to my theater class i have to sit through this other i one. always wanted to get to the theater yeah. class to, <laughs> to chorus to uh to shop in terms of like building the sets i always wanted to get to that stuff i mean I, even in college i mean i I got a degree in broadcast journalism. I majored in extracurricular. I was in every club. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. doing every project. I was in every organization. I was creating things, you know, whatever I could to kind of keep the keep that that creative hit going. Yeah, so. absolutely. Did you have a um did you have a favorite style of like would you get extra excited if like <clears throat> a very serious play was happening or if there was something silly like I of course was always well when I was uh, in high school I guess I had a lot of angst so I also enjoyed these like heavy like sure I know what it's like to really feel things <laughs> kind of shows but I also was very like one year we did like a m- murder farce kind of show mm-hmm. and I definitely was like ooh, 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 this feels good this feels good or were we you just like lot, everything? Well, we did a lot of musical theater. I mean, because nice. we did, oh, I'm trying to remember now exactly what the setup was, but we definitely did like a fall drama and then there was the big spring musical. So everybody wanted to be in the big spring musical because it had, you know, more money and, and it was just much more grand. Right, right. So I did a lot of musical theater in high school and then after I graduated and kind of went into the world. Because you were looking out towards of, Broadway. I was. And I still haven't gotten to Broadway yet. You know what? Things can yes. happen in all different kinds of orders. That's I'm, for damn sure. Listen, I'm at, at any age. I am ready to go to Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have I have to do it. I mean, I have to do it at least once. I mean, yeah. I, I want to do it more than once, but at least once. I mean, it's every theater kid's dream. Yeah. To be on Broadway. Absolutely. Which now, now I'm like, God, was it mine? I guess it was. Like that, again, that was such a far away thing for me. Like at mm-hmm. least movies and television were right in front of me. So mm-hmm, I could sort mm-hmm. of understand those. But Broadway was like... 
it was there was not there's nothing like that and i mean in arizona there's like a couple of plays happening you know mm, and there okay. would be touring companies that would come through but and um, see for me the idea of film and television was so far-fetched yeah, like, yeah i mean i i it was out there obviously but i was in the theater so we just thought broadway is like the mecca <laughs> sure sure yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. and did you um that experience of, of sort of have, because for me now that I do this and I, well, I did come from the, I mean, I did major in theater and all that. And so I had the familiarity of doing the same show over and over again, but now I'm so far away from that, that it's intimidating to me to imagine doing, you know, four months of uh, the same show every, I went, back not like I left it but I but 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 recently I went back um to Atlanta to do a show and not only was it not musical theater you know because yeah because that I had been I had been doing so much of that I really hadn't done a straight play in a while mm-hmm. so this was so much fun because it was a straight play and it was comedy which I don't get a, to do a lot of because yeah. people for some reason think I'm serious uh-huh. so they're like oh no <laughs> comedy but I love comedy and it was so much fun because the character was absolutely not a thing like me in any way, nice. context, or form. Yeah. So I got a chance to really just, just, just wrap myself into this yeah. character, and then do it night after night, and it'd be comedy. It was great. It was what, wonderful. What was the play? What was the role? It was uh, what I learned in Paris uh, by Pearl uh, Pearl Clegg, mm-hmm. and it was just like, um, it, I guess you can call it a political romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think she'd be okay with me saying that. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but yeah, it was just, um, it was, it really, and it was set kind of in the history of Atlanta. So it felt like, like the roots of home too. It was just a lot of fun. Great cast. It was just, just great. And, and good your, to go you, home to the Alliance. Oh, sure. Because that sure. was, you know, my original stomping ground. Yeah. What was the character like that was so different from you? Uh, she was young and naive not only in the world but in herself like she Mm. truly had not found her voice yet and so many voices around her were so robust that she just couldn't find it Mm. and um and she was she was rebelling in her kind of like small passive aggressive ways until she really kind of came into her own sense of being by watching this other person who had found herself many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, uh, it was great. It was really fun. Now that, first of all, does sound super awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because the only pair, I'm not trying to draw a parallel, but when you were talking <laughs> about the idea of this person, um, that of, of a person being around people who have strong voices, mm-hmm. that made me think of your grandmother, mm-hmm. which yes. made me think like, especially when she came to live with you, um, what was that like growing up with somebody who was, doing all this creative output and writing and be and showing her voice to the world and all of that. Like, was that, well, it was interesting because I, I come from a very creative family, but I'm the only one who decided to kind of make a living at it. Mm-hmm. So my mother, like I said, she was an English professor, um, but she was always, you know, she was also the Brownie troop leader and she was also the director of student activities. So she was always doing things that, that somehow were creative in some way. My sister, I believe, maybe plays eight instruments something oh, wow. like that right exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> right Amazing. um and then my grandmother was a writer so in the house there was all kinds of stuff all the time um and in terms of in terms of a voice yeah i definitely took inspiration from my grandmother because my other career is that i'm a screenwriter and i began writing so young because i was emulating my grandmother absolutely and, uh, yeah so i always felt like always felt like the influences were there yeah and uh, i was just i guess the one that took the baton decided to have the um the <laughs> the career that did 
didn't necessarily guarantee me eating all the time. Well, but that was just me. Everybody else was like, is... I like that uh, creative stuff, but here's my regular paycheck. Yeah, and I get that. <laughs> I mean, was there ever, so there was never a time for you where you sort of thought of it that way, where you for like, because for me, I went through a phase where I had wanted that, wanted that, wanted that. And all of a sudden I was like, I got super practical and went, oh, I, I can't do this. Like, I'm going to have this, I'm going to pursue this whole other thing and maybe I'll touch in with that as a hobby. Well, kind of like, I, and did you just ever? I didn't did think it. of it as a career when I was doing it. Like when I was a kid, it was just, I was, I was having a good time. I was expressing myself. This felt like home. And so I never really thought, oh, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I was just like, I want to keep doing this yeah and then you know I obviously wanted to go to Broadway mom and I made the deal then I went and got an education and then I actually went back to school never thought I would do that but I got bitten by the film bug but I wanted to find out about the production aspect of it so that's mm-hmm. why I went and got my MFA in film so then and that's where I learned how to write movies because I had been writing other things but not necessarily you know screenplays and so it was really after grad school that I said okay now what do I want my actual career to be? <laughs> I think I think I I think I'm I'm stuck in this place because this is where I feel the most real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. that's when it really became a decision. So then it was never oh, maybe I should do something, you know, practical, quote unquote. Right. It was just how do I keep doing this? So anything that I did that was that was quote unquote practical. I'm doing the air quotes just, just so that you all know. The, yeah, I know. <laughs> so anything that I was doing that we was can, practical, we can hear it. We can feel I, you can feel it, you yeah. can feel the air quotes. I can, I can. Nice. Um, <laughs> was just how does that support what I really want to do? Mm-hmm. What, and, and so for your... Um, Wait, were you in Girl Scouts? You I was. Your mom was. Yes. Okay, I got to get into that because <laughs> I envy that so much. Um, you want to get into it, it was, now? I want to get in right now. Okay. I'm going to go through the whole program. Okay. I'm hoping that no one will notice that I'm a full-grown adult, uh, <laughs> a tall one, no less. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that was one of those things. Um, I talked about this recently on the podcast, and it wasn't with someone who had been a scout. So mm-hmm. it was like a conversation that couldn't really go that much further than like, you know, oh, it sounded cool to you too, right. I think. Um <laughs> Maybe, but, uh, but, but that was one of those things that I just thought of as like, I, I could be the same age as a Girl Scout selling cookies. And it felt like speaking of another world, mm-hmm. I didn't know how that girl had started in it. I didn't know how she like, that was, a, it was like, she was a different species, like, oh, a Girl Scout. But I never had, <laughs> no one ever asked me if I wanted to, you, you know what I mean? I didn't have any friends that I knew to be, you know, Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I knew far more Eagle Scouts because that is a big deal for like Mormon boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, another thing that's like, it's near me, but it's so far so away because just boys get to do it. So um, so what was that like? Did you guys do like, did you make things? Were you out learning about nature? Or were you Because um, all those you cute have to buttons be, and pins. Oh, oh! <laughs> It was so angry. We sold the Girl Scout cookies. We went yeah. to camp and built fires and had uh, you made necklaces out of shrinky dinks. I don't know if anybody <laughs> remembers that. Shrinky dinks. We would make our own little cushions so that we could go to outdoor events and put stuff together. And like I said, that was my mom. Like she was the the arts and crafts queen. So it was. I mean, to, for to be an educator mm-hmm. when that is beyond a full time job mm-hmm. in comparison with so many jobs to then have the energy to do something like Girl Scouts beyond that is mm-hmm. mind blowing to me. And I respect she started that so out much. Being before I was in the so I, I was a brownie so she was a brownie troop leader before I could actually be when I was actually too young so I would just kind of be hanging around the the girls in the cute little brown outfits that I right. couldn't wear yet so I just remember on my sixth birthday waking up and being mom I can be a brownie oh, that, that was yeah, the, I can be official now so yeah absolutely <laughs> 
I kind of had that for a hot second about my dad who coached um, basketball and uh, baseball mm-hmm. when I was when I was really little at the high school. And then he stopped coaching. I think he, and he took I think he coached tennis. He was very sporty. But then by the time I got there, he wasn't coaching anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I was about like that about basketball for like a minute. And then <laughs> in junior high, when I really learned how to play it, I was like, oh, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> like I'll never <laughs> just drop that and push it aside. But that feeling of having a parent that you look up to who has this community of slightly older, but not their age, like to, right. to be like, oh, I'm so close. Mm-hmm. I'm so close. And they seem like this is so cool. And this is like a side of my dad's life that I can only look out in, you know, kind of look in on. I can totally right. imagine that day being like, yes, yeah, I made it. And I still, there are at least four or five of the girls that I was brownies with that I'm still like friends with today. Like nice. just those lifelong friends yeah, that yeah. you've know, got so much history with and they've got all of the, you know, the blackmail pictures. So Uh-huh, 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 the blackmail Oh my gosh. And then they post, now they post them on Facebook. Would and I'm like, would you take that down? <laughs> Start with a smile <laughs> and with a threat. At least uh. get a little bit of heads up, right? <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. There's, I think there's so much of that now on Facebook for me. So many pictures that I'm like, oh boy, mm-hmm. that I just sort of like. You have to just release I, it. Yeah, I just had to go, great, or that's, I'm calls. a human being. Yes. Let's all enjoy my humanity, mm-hmm. everybody. Um, and what about like dating in high school? Was that something that you were, um, you know, some performing arts kids, it's, there's such a wide swath of ways that can go. I have so many <laughs> mm-hmm. people who are like, I'm like, oh, so you were in theater, probably uh, did some making out and stuff. And then they were like, what? No, no one did any of that. And then other people are like, mm. and since she was the theater department, like we were there was all a bit creative. Of a mix. And yeah. For, yeah, for yeah. our program, there was definitely a bit of a mix. I wasn't, um, I think I maybe had two, three boyfriends in high school. And I use boyfriends, boyfriend very uh-huh. loosely. <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah. it was like, ooh, we sat beside each other in class. Right. <laughs> We're so meant to be, you know, right, right, right. that sort of thing. But yeah, we, we definitely had, um, we had our fair share of, of, of people that we thought should get married for the amount of time they spent together. Uh-huh. Um, and others who just kind of looked at each other, you know, askance. Long. <laughs> yes, yeah. right. Exactly. Did you, were the, were, um, your, were your, family's expectations or like was that something that was sort of put out to you as part of your upbringing like to what you can go out on a date or I don't want you dating until blank or you know here's the rules as they exist for our household yeah you know it wasn't really a big thing you know even even in terms of like curfews like my mom never gave me like a a strict curfew she just always said call me when you change locations. Mm-hmm. And as long as she knew where I was, you know, I, I had a pretty level head. She wasn't really worried about me doing anything crazy. Yeah. Um, but even for dating, I mean, I think I went out on my official first date when I was 16. It was like a big deal. Like he, he had the car. We went to a play because, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we went to a play. Um, but it was, so that was like my official kind of like first date you know, not long after that, I was in college. So yeah, but we never really had this conversation where she said, okay, not until right, right. Because I, I think this is a theater kid thing, too. You tend to hang out in groups. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a lot of uh, desire, actually, even for one on one, because in the group, you could just kind of pair off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you said you were doing um, theater outside of school, too. Mm-hmm. And that's a, sort of an interesting um, way to be comfortable also I'm guessing you're probably comfortable around adults just based on how you've mm-hmm. described your family and stuff but um, that's also really different right is like being a kid who not only is in your own peer group but is probably in a peer group of people who are you know 
anywhere from 70 years old to five years old, depending yeah. on what the production is or depending on, you know, what the, what, who was attracted to the, the community theater. Yeah. And that was very interesting too, just because, and this kind of comes up with the Southern upbringing, like, uh, um, there's just kind of a thing. I don't know if it's just my family or if it's a Southern thing. I think it's more of a Southern thing where you, you don't call adults by their first name mm. or, or you put a miss in front of it. So it's, yeah. you know, it's Miss Carol. Yeah. You, know? You're gonna, you, yeah. Can, you can use her first oh name, gosh. but you have to put, I as get my grandmother used to say, put a handle and, on it. Yeah. And being in Atlanta and that is so mm-hmm. novel to me still after so many years, <laughs> it mm-hmm. still is like, I, I think it's so charming and it feels so unnatural for me to do, but I kind of want to do it, but I just, it, I, it feels like, so it just doesn't seem like something that would naturally, yeah, but, totally, but it just but falls in the business, out of people's mouths. Kids call yeah. adults by their first name all the time. So it was an interesting, like kind of dance that I would do. Sure. And sure. I think the rule of thumb is if they're old enough to be your parent, yeah. then they get a handle. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Something gotcha, like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Definitely if they're old enough to be your grandparent. Right. So there are right. times when, uh, even now, you know, so now my, my friends, some of them who have children will introduce their children to me. And then they're like, this is Kelsey. I'm like, Miss Kelsey. Ah! <laughs> no, but that's just me. That's just me. I'm still from the South. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me for a second. Can I talk to you for a second without your, okay, great. Right. Great, great, Let's great. have a conversation. Yeah. Oh, it is. So those, those sort of, and that's a tricky thing too. Is like I, I think so, it, it's funny because the the whole sort of I mean manners maketh a man may or may not be a phrase that sounds kind of familiar, it but I'm not sounds sure. Sounds very formal. Yeah, it sounds very formal. <laughs> yes, but it's funny when when the sort of like the the in between of you can tell a person who maybe doesn't have great manners, but who is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> has nothing but good intentions versus okay. a person who is knows all the right things to say but like there's no respect behind them that's oh, that's both, both that's sort very of sad situations yeah. yeah yeah i feel like that's that's something that was you know whatever manners were indoctrinated into me were sort of i think it was more about you know just like you know when you, you know how to be respectful to someone you know mm-hmm. sort of be that person but so what are your like expectations in terms of chivalry that's a great question. Um, I, I guess, yeah. That then we get into the whole kind of gender play too, mm-hmm, which is right. which is very interesting. Um, I hold doors open for everybody. Mm-hmm. I hold doors open for old people, kids, adults. I will hold a door open for a guy who, with my own profiling, I probably will assume will like look at my ass after I open it for him <laughs> because I'm I'm so actively trying to be like equal opportunity. Uh-huh. Like, don't judge anyone. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like at a truck stop, you know, I'll be like, I am opening the door for this gentleman with this pot belly and his handlebar mustache and his like dirty shirt. Uh-huh. Um, and I, maybe he's going to get the wrong idea, but I'm going to go ahead and open it for him. So I'd open it for the kid who walked in right before him. You know what That's I mean? That's true. Yes. Um, so I think I, and I was raised by a dad. And so he, I think while he was, you know, incredibly respectful and I'm not like a daddy's little girl or anything like that. I'm also not a tomboy. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt uh, very genderless for a lot of my life. I think I <laughs> sort of felt like, oh, I okay. kind of feel like I, I, like I, I don't, you know, I didn't know how to really be super girly but then I look at pictures of myself and I'm like oh my mom tied those ribbons in my hair I couldn't have looked more like a little blonde blue-eyed angel even if I was like this is weird um so so for that reason I don't I think I give out confusing signals about Mm -hmm. what my expectations of chivalry are does that make sense it makes sense I think I'm like what are your expectations okay my expectations (laughs) I don't expect a guy to open a door for me Mm -hmm. I 
I probably, if I were asked to go out on, I mean, I, I'm not in this position now. I, you know, I'm in a relationship, but mm-hmm. like being asked out on a date, I, mean, I guess my expectation probably is that I'm going to be, if, if it's a, you know, if it's a cis gender, if it's like a man <laughs> and a woman going out to a meal, uh-huh. I think I expect to be treated like I'm going to be taken to dinner, but it isn't because that's what I feel is right. It's mm-hmm. because that's just what everyone does. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I got it, it just feels like that's like, oh, I'm supposed to expect this because I'm supposed to expect this, or I expect this because that's what I'm supposed to expect. Got it. And so I think I would be a little weirded out if they're like, you want to split this? But like that, but, but, yeah. but, uh, but, but, <laughs> but I don't, but, but can I really say like, because one is right and the other is wrong, or that is somehow disrespectful to me, that's all society stuff. If that's it true. were, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know that it's a, a, a right and wrong thing. I think it's the whole nurture thing anyway. You yeah. Know yeah. I mean? Again, once again, in case you missed it, I'm from the South. Uh-huh. And so, no, but I, you know, and, and not only, you know, I mean, I was raised in Atlanta, but my mother was raised in South Carolina, mm-hmm. which somehow is more South than Atlanta. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but it is, um, and, and very kind of old school values. So, yeah, I totally would expect for a gentleman to pick up the tab if he asks me out. Um, now, you know, it gets a little it gets a little fuzzy once you get into the third and fourth and fifth and sixth day. Right, but right. The first day. Absolutely. And yeah. I while I don't expect it, I appreciate doors held open. Yeah. Uh, the car door or the, you know, the door to a building or that sort of thing like that. Um yeah, I um, I also have this thing, which actually my best friend put in my head. I didn't really have this before. My best friend is a guy. And so he doesn't allow a woman to walk on the uh, the traffic side of a sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. And that's apparently that's a and he's from Chicago. So apparently yeah. that's a huge thing in Chicago. But it's also mm-hmm. a very southern thing. And so uh, I've I've in my day had to actually adjust because now I don't feel comfortable walking on that side of the sidewalk I was fine before he did that I was like you ruined me now so now first of all if a guy doesn't know it I'm like don't you know I'm not supposed to walk there and then if he puts me there I will just shift around yeah and then it's so it it gets a little awkward but but it seems like such a wonderful protective gesture yeah that even if they don't offer it I just make sure they do it (laughs) are you left-handed no you're right-handed okay Mm -hmm. I was just looking I was looking because I was realizing that um for some reason, I guess I, I don't know how I was holding my microphone, but all of a sudden I started thinking, the reason I asked this is because my boyfriend is left-handed. Mm-hmm. So what's funny about that is like, he's from Texas and he does have a lot of those. Like he always opens the door for me. Even mm-hmm. like when we go into the garage where our cars are next See, to each other, so sweet. he will open the door for me. And I, and totally. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he does the traffic thing, but there's also a thing where because he's left-handed, sometimes things switch around like where we sit and where we're walking because mm. one of because I'm right-handed and he's left-handed. So there's like a whole other weird oh, wow. thing that happens when someone's left-handed and you're right-handed that I didn't know anything about until all of a sudden I became aware of it uh, a couple struggles. years ago. Yes. Yeah. So, so keep that in mind. Okay. Um, uh, but, but yeah. And I think what's, what's interesting to me about that, um, is and again like I don't mean to you know take too big of a deep dive into political stuff it's not really political stuff I guess but in terms of like feminism is that's what's one of those interesting you know I just podcast um a 17 year old girl uh named Ruby who just wrote a book her mom founded bus magazine she's a very vocal feminist Mm -hmm. and um and so I was kind of talking with her about like this idea of the construct of feminism because there are women 
who would call themselves feminist, who would also say like, well, Kelsey, you don't get to expect those things as a feminist. Right. As a feminist, mm-hmm. you should be opening the door just as much as da da da. Mm-hmm. But then someone else would say, well, isn't feminism just about women supporting each other and understanding right. that we all come from different places? And like, if if what's empowering for you is to be treated with that kind that measure of respect, and that's your expectation as a woman, then how does that mean somehow that you're not allowed to be a feminist? Because a feminist is like, no, we're gonna throw all out that out the window. Right. Because if a man opens a door for you, that means he also owns you because you're going to take his last name and that, you know, and you lose your identity and da da da. Like it's this, this, yeah. this, it's what it's, it's some people's opinion of it's this, you know, it's a slippery slope because it represents all these things. And then other people are like, yeah, but I don't feel, I don't have to feel those ways. The context we're talking about is this one time of this person opening a door for me. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think that also, I mean, for me, I mean, obviously I grew up with those expectations, but. I, in terms of a relationship, I enjoy feeling cherished. Yeah. And so those small things, it's not, obviously I can open my door. Obviously I can pay for my meal. It's not that I am unable to or not, or even unwilling to. It's the offer of it mm-hmm. that makes me feel like you are, con- you constantly have my comfort in mind. You mm-hmm. constantly have my safety in mind. Lovely. You want to, you, you want to envelop me in, in your affection mm-hmm. and that is appealing to me. Yeah. So I feel like that isn't even a part of the feminist argument. Like that's just how I like to be treated. Yeah. And yes, it's absolutely colored by my upbringing, right. but not dictated by it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's perfectly said. I shouldn't be surprised from a theater slash public speaker. Slash. <laughs> did you ever do any of the debate kind of stuff? I didn't do debate, that also but I did do just speeches. Person. You know, I did do yeah. those, those competitions and such. Were there people um, in your circles doing debate? I find that I know so of. intimidating. Yeah, we didn't have like a debate. It really club makes my heart rest to race to think about arguing with someone in a like. Oh, but a, see, I I, I a, love uh, I love an animated discussion. Now I might not have been in the debate club, but yeah. I am. What my my favorite course in college was logic. Mm, okay. I still I kept my textbook because I kept, yeah I just because that just makes sense to me. Just like you know, if we're discussing something, if we're going back and forth, we can absolutely have different viewpoints. Yeah. But let's let's look at things logically. Let's not kind of like get over emotional about it, which is very odd coming from an actor. But that's well, I don't know. but There's I that. but I love yeah. So I love animated discussion. Yeah. And I love and I'm actually very um, I'm very wary of people who can't have it Mm -hmm. who feel like if we disagree it is automatically an argument right right you know because we didn't i mean something that in my household we didn't even raise our voices like we never argued right we discussed things and i remember actually one time (laughs) i was we were sitting at the thanksgiving table and it was me and my sister and um the gentleman that my mother was dating at the time and so my sister and i were discussing something because we were had disagreed and so we're talking back and forth and finally he says oh just hit her ever he was like come on just get into a fight sorry we don't do that sir but would you pass the turkey Uh, that's amazing no I couldn't agree more I think having those conversations um god what did I just see oh it was on um Ozark did you watch that as a yeah okay so So have you watched the whole thing no this is not a spoiler in any way shape or form but there is but there's a moment where um where uh this is not spoiling anything that we can agree that the husband and wife character are having issues. Yes. Um, they're in a challenging situation yes. and there is just a moment when, and I don't know, it might be actually much earlier in the, in this, in the season, but there is a moment when someone 
basically overhears them arguing and says, you know, if my wife and I had had it out like that, we might still be together. Mm. And I loved that line. I was like, oh, that's great writing. That's right. Because that is that sort of like, if if it's respectful communication, then, you know, that's one thing. And I guess that means different things to different people. Maybe some people do because of their upbringing or not love to scream at each other. Mm -hmm. And they both know they're still safe Mm -hmm. and that they're still loved. And then they push past that. And then they, you know, feel great and have kind of aired their grievances. And then other people, maybe it needs to be more measured and it needs to be a little bit more like, I don't mean this in this way, you know, right. But that, but that idea of conflict, maybe not arguing, but conflict being, discussed and resolved and respected is huge right i mean it really is like massively important otherwise you just personally you're timid and you don't have your own opinions or you you know potentially are like stewing on things or you know oh that's that's exactly what i say i mean i if i if i get quiet that's actually the most dangerous part when i stop communicating yeah i've stopped caring yeah and that's when it's just all you know all gone yeah yeah that's a really, yeah, that's a really interesting, do you have a way of dealing with people who are combative in a conversation or in a behavior, um, whether they're people that you know, or people that you've just met or whatever, that um, you feel like works for you, where, you know, you don't, because I'm asking that as a person mm-hmm. who, I don't know that I have, like, my thing I do, but I do know that there are times when I probably could have handled something better. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, I think that though I never really kind of thought about it, I was just thinking about situations where people were. So for people that I know, if we're in a situation and they, you know, become, you know, much more animated than I am uh-huh. comfortable with, um, then usually I point out their behavior because mm-hmm. I think, and I could just be wrong, but I think that people who start kind of yelling and flailing and, and, and going off the rocker, don't see it like mm-hmm. it's a natural progression mm-hmm. for them but they are that no one holds a mirror up to mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. and so i'll say something like can we have the rest of this conversation without you raising your voice mm-hmm. and just you know or you know there's no need for profanity right right or right. if you don't want to listen to what i have to say that i feel like we shouldn't have the conversation because right. then we're not actually communicating i just right. you know i do the logic thing yeah, uh, yeah. and for people i don't know i don't know that I've, I've really kind of been in a lot of those situations but I tend to get quiet because mm-hmm. if I don't know you, I don't kind of really care about us having any f- future of communication. Uh-huh. <laughs> then really it's about just getting through it mm-hmm. so I can get to whatever's beyond you. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I don't feed it. That makes sense. I was thinking of the, 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 the thing that some people do, and I know I've done this before, where I'm, I think the least, it's like there's something that we all probably do at one point or other in our lives if we're upset or if we're reacting in a certain way that we also know that we as people never want anyone to do with us, which is that withering, like... (laughs) <laughs> okay first of all calm down oh. you're like oh no I, oh no no yeah, no like no, i've said it to, to people and i have known as i've said it you've you've told people to calm down i'm sure as like in like wow. a relation like in a bad relationship uh-huh. where somebody is just like has histrionics this is not my go-to mm-hmm. but i can specifically remember like two times when i've done it where i have known as like a 25 year old like I know what I'm saying is an insult. It mm. is not really me respectfully asking someone to calm down. <laughs> and I sure as hell have had people do that to me, you mm-hmm. know, once in a while in my life to have someone be like, wow, okay, you need to calm down. It's yeah, like, and if I hear anyone yeah, doing that, that in any context, like I'm always like, yeah, like somebody exactly. taking off their earrings. You're like, what? well, there's an 
an example of you're quote unquote saying something that's supposed to de-escalate and we all know you're escalating. Mm-hmm. You are a hundred percent escalating this. I think actually in those situations, um, I try to remember someone's love language. Mm. Um, cause my love language is, is touch. And so if I'm in the middle of something where I'm really upset and the person like just puts a hand on my hand, it will instantly yeah. have an, I'll just I'll like, okay, so you really yeah. do care. Right. Yeah. Like just, yeah. So I, I think, I think if that. you know, let's talk about love language yeah, for a second, cause that's languages. not necessarily something that everybody thinks of as a term, but, mm-hmm. um, I think I've talked about maybe on the podcast before, mm-hmm. but give other examples of, of, so there's, there's physical uh, touch. There's, uh, uh acts of service. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. there are gifts, mm-hmm. praise, yeah. I think. Uh, yes. Words of, that, of affirmation. Maybe. Yeah. And then there's one more that I can't remember right now. Cause there are five of them either. Yeah. There's yeah. five. Yes, yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. Google it. Yeah, but yes, somebody but give it a yeah. Google so for there, sure. There are five of them, and then you have like your primary love language, and yeah. then you kind of have your secondary one. And so my primary is definitely touch. Yeah. yeah. What's yours? God, that's a great question. <laughs> um, it I, is humor one, and I don't mean no. that as it's not. But like, if I can, if I can step back from the situation enough to like, if I love someone mm-hmm. um, and we are in conflict, if there is a way that I can step outside of my own pride mm-hmm. long enough to um, laugh at something, if I'm real, like sometimes like if I get kooky, mm-hmm. if I'm like, well, I feel like da, 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 there is some part of me. And I don't know if it's because I have done comedy for so long mm-hmm. that can step out and sort of look at the me that's doing that and be like, Oh girl, Bless your heart. What are you doing? Did you just say nuh-uh like a five-year-old? Like if I can do that, uh-huh. even if I don't share it with the other person, usually I can de-escalate myself because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's come to that. But sometimes I even will say like, and I know I'm really upset right now and I mm-hmm. realized just now that I sounded like I was five. Like yes. if I can sort of get meta for a second, mm-hmm. I feel like that definitely helps diffuse things and vice versa if somebody else that. is kind of willing to go. Because that's like an acknowledgement of at some point, Point, we won't be here right and we'll be able to talk about this or we'll be able to laugh is. about it or yeah. whatever um that sort of like future ju- like jumping ahead for a second but outside of conflict like what what is most appealing to you from the person mm-hmm. that you love is one of them like experience like time I think it's yes, time yes, it's right? quality time I think, you I think that's it. what that's it is exactly I think it's it quality yes, time quality I think time. it's mm-hmm. I think it's like I really feel the absence of mm-hmm. particularly in a, like in a romantic relationship mm-hmm. I I need that quality time not just for me to receive love but to give love because mm-hmm. otherwise I have a million other things I'm doing and that that part of me will just be like oh, okay I'll just go in that box until I'm needed again mm-hmm. and then a year passes so uh, I think it's probably quality totally time. I get that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. To have and the, the one that the, I forgot. Apparently, <laughs> maybe I'm not very good at that one. <laughs> well, you can't. I mean, if you need touch, you kind of need to be near the person. So this, that this suggests that this quality time will yes. probably be happening. Yes. Yeah. But like gifts, I don't give a shit about. Yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? Like, I, I like gifts. Yeah. Let me, let me let me not just like you know. Yeah. Shaw them. Yeah. But but, yeah, but like they I don't necessarily. Yeah. They don't say I love you. Yeah. Which but and 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 I don't mean to say I don't give a shit about them. Like that's an act of disrespect. Right. I think part of it is that um i'm very aware that i have i already have a lot of belonging mm-hmm. so if it's a gift of an experience but even that it's funny maybe that's because it's like i i sort of take care of myself in mm-hmm. those ways and mm-hmm. i and so the person that you're with having those experiences becomes more important than like the experience itself or yeah. you know the the bauble 
<laughs> the bobble. Who gives each yes. other bobbles? What is this, the Renaissance? Yeah, right. Uh, I think my but... secondary one would uh, be acts of service. I think it's. Mm-hmm. I think I would much rather you do something small. Yeah, you know, like take out the garbage. Honestly, that's totally really, really sexy. Totally. Uh, so you know, take out the garbage yeah. or do the dishes or or ah, rub my feet. That'd be great. Um, that's kind of the combination of touch and acts of service. Yeah, but yeah, I think that those are the like I I definitely need. I definitely need physical touch and then I appreciate like the little things mm-hmm. and so the acts of service thing like that that makes a big impact on me. I agree. I think that's something that I um feel like I've like really understood better as I've gotten older which is that that those acts of service really do st- truly translate to actions speak louder than words sometimes mm-hmm. and that if somebody is particularly if someone's doing something not out of habit but out of right. choice mm-hmm. then it really feels like you're thinking like you're thinking about my well-being. You're thinking about how your actions affect my well-being. And that is terribly sexy. Yeah. It really Maybe is. that's how I view chivalry now that I think about it. Yeah. Maybe that's why it's appealing to me because it's an act of service. It's I am protecting I you think so you don't walk on the traffic sense. side. I am caring about your comfort so I pull out your chair. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it makes sense. I'll I mean, yeah. Think about that Any, later. Anything <laughs> like that. Anything like that. And also doing, and then also recognizing that in yourself. Like, God, mm-hmm. it makes me feel good to mm-hmm. make this thing that I know someone loves or to do this thing I know they don't want to do. So I'm right. doing it for them. Like, I may not even enjoy it, but it's so satisfying to me that that someone else would be like, oh, right. thank you. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Whereas, like, and for me, I'm an only child. So that's not always, you know, that like mm. I'm used to doing, taking care of, of myself and doing things for myself. And so I think like when you really are in a situation of friendship, a relationship, anything like that, where you feel that give and take, mm-hmm. um, it's really special. I agree. It reminds us that we're social creatures. You know, we're not lone wolves, like just off by ourselves. Right. For the most part. For the most part. Killing our food and eating it. I don't know where I'm <laughs> going with this. For the most part. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll well, let me that. get into this mash game, Kelsey. This has been such Uh-oh. a light and a okay. joy. Oh, yeah, this has um, been great. Uh, uh, no so pressure. So I'm going to try to end zero pressure and also like just flex your improv muscles because okay. this is like suddenly I'm asking you to make very um, quick decisions spur of the moment. Yeah, okay. But um, the first category that I'm going to give to you based mm-hmm. on uh, some of these will be based on things we've talked about. Uh-oh. Are, uh, the first category is give me three... Uh, let me get, give me three musicals that you would want to do on Broadway. And I could already have done them elsewhere. You can already have done them elsewhere. And it can be like, this is a total fantasy world. Cause so it could be like this character. I would never get cast as male or female. Oh, I'm too old to play this person now. Wow. Nope. Not in this world. It's like the sky's the limit. Okay. Hamilton's first. <laughs> great, great, great. <laughs> would love to do Hamilton. Um, I would love to do guys and dolls. And my favorite musical in the world is Once on this Island. I would love to do it on Broadway. Wait, what is Once on this Island? Once on this Island? I've mm-hmm. never seen it. <gasps> you Uh-oh. must. You must. It's amazing. What's it about? Um, it's essentially about this this peasant girl who dreams larger than her situation. It's very yeah. like a Cinderella-esque story. Yeah. Um, and then she gets what she wants at her own peril. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a classic grim, grim fairy tale. Sort almost, of like almost. The Little yeah. Mermaid mm-hmm. kind of thing. I'm talking the, about yeah, the they, original they, Little Mermaid. They compare Mermaid, it to guys. the Little Mermaid all the time. So yes. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now you have to look it up. I do great. have to look it up and yes. I will look it up. Um, okay. Three people uh, from 
today from history, anytime, living or dead, mm-hmm. that um, in this uh, this MASH fantasy world, you sort of have like the bat phone too, where you can just like pick up the phone and that person, whoever it is, is like, oh my God, Kelsey, I'm so happy to hear from you. And then you're like, okay, well, I want to ask your advice about something. Wow. Okay, my mom. <laughs> great, great, great. Um, wow, three people in this world or the next, Wow. That's such a great question. I want to spend more time on I it. I know. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I know. I ask these like our hardcore I know. questions. Those, I mean, like, those are like anyway, really, really, think? really great yeah. questions. Um, okay. 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 I'm, three people. You didn't say three women. You just said three people, anyway. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Hold on. Okay. I'm filling the time with okays. <laughs> okay, um, Everyone has their own solution. I know. Some people like, say, okay. Some people are dead quiet. And then some people like... Three people, like just a quiet, like I'm repeating the question. I know, saying it over and over again because I I just want to pick like the right people. Okay, I'm sorry, Type A. As as a fellow Type A, I'm sorry. (gasps) Michelle Obama. Great, 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 great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, and then, um, and then I'm gonna say. I know, right? No. Moved on to a slightly different filler. And then following that thing I just said, I will. And I don't really know why I'm saying this. I like that, though. I like that. But I'm going to say it anyway. Shirley Chisholm. Okay, great. I don't. It just came into my head. So I'm going to. Let's do the gut. Yeah. I love it. Okay. That was good. That was like three totally different. They came from three different parts. Yeah, no, they really did. um, Which I love. Okay. Three. Okay. This is a one that I have to include every time because uh, I love food. Uh, Three types of food, three foods that in this universe, instead of being bad for you, fatty for you, heart too hard to get because they're back home, X, Y, Z. This is something that is, uh, three things that in this world are actually good for you. You can have them in perpetuity, no negative ramifications of any kind. Okay. Um, what's the name of that ice cream? It's, uh, it's got like caramel and, uh, pralines and cream ice cream, Ooh, pralines and it. cream ice cream. Um, paella. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. This is how the game is played. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm literally like dreaming of it right yeah. now. Paella and, uh, I'm doing two sweets and right. uh, bread pudding with bourbon sauce. Oh, hell yeah. oh my gosh. Now okay. I'm going to have to go ride Ready. a bike. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, even my thoughts thought. are fatty. Oh, <laughs> okay. No. okay uh, let's do three skills that you wake up with tomorrow morning um, and you've sort of downloaded matrix style. It's like, I know Kung Fu. Like you wake up tomorrow and you're an expert at three things and it, couldn't, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be physical. It could be like, mm-hmm. you know how to fix computers. You can speak every language, anything mm-hmm. like that. Yes. I'm, multi- I'm multilingual. Great. Uh, I've always wanted that. Um, I finally have mastered the piano. Great. Um, and I know to swim. Great, 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 great. Okay. Uh, next category, let's do three. Oh, well, I got to do this one because it's there's got to be a romantic category. Oh, gosh. Three guys uh-huh. uh, who are, uh, they, listen, they could be characters from movies, books. It doesn't have to be a real person. It mm-hmm. certainly can be um, living or dead at any age. It could be, you know, X at, you know, when he was in blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, three. J- just three that I have a crush yeah, on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Because this is like alternate universe, like alternate sexy universe, times right. or husband, alternate universe, husband, whatever. Um, oh, wow. Um, okay. I can't remember his, his, his character name right now. Uh, okay. The, uh, 
Sterling K. Brown plays him in This Is Us. I oh, great. His, okay. I can't remember his character name, though. I can't either because I always think of how awesome Sterling K. Brown is. So right, I, right, but I just his, call him Sterling. Wait, what's his name, though? That's going to bug me now. Okay, no, that's fine. But I just, yeah. I, I need an intern I, that can I shout these things out. I love their couple interactions. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, brilliant. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Well, then in that case, I have to go with President Obama. I mean, yeah. I, again, it's 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 how they interact with Absolutely. their with the person that they love. I just yeah. love how they love. Yes, Aww, I, I love, love how they love. I absolutely love I, that. I just awed my own comment. Okay, um, <laughs> you're entitled. All right, and then um, I don't know, just somebody, a character from a something held <laughs> Maybe like movie. maybe uh, Richard Gere's character mm. from um, Officer and a Gentleman. Oh, just yeah. you know, kind of like at the end, yeah, knowing what you want and coming to get your woman. Mm-hmm, Why is it mm-hmm, okay? It is a romantic category. I was about to, I was about yeah, to, it's great. No, call it's myself <laughs> non-feminist again, but I was like, wait, no, that's the category. Okay, <laughs> we talked about it. We, we talked did. We about talked it. about safe. it. You're totally I'm good. safe. Um, <laughs> let's do three places in. Uh, let's do three places in the world that if getting there were no problem, um, that you would have a vacation home. Oh, I'd have a vacation home. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That, and it mm. would either be a mansion, apartment, shack, or house. <laughs> FYI, you can't control that. I can't that's control a, that's, it's okay. in the cards. Great. Um, Italy. Great. Um, South Africa. Um, and if getting there was no problem. Mm-hmm. Costa Rica. Okay, next category is, and this involves some selfishness on your part. I want you okay. to know this is the place to do it. Okay. But um, th- there are three screenplays that mm-hmm. are pre-existing, that okay. are absolutely brilliant, that you love. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be, everyone thinks they're brilliant, but you love. Okay. That um, many people don't realize, but you actually ghost wrote it. So this is, Ooh. we're going to out you as like, oh, you wrote, you know, uh-huh. The Godfather or whatever. So three uh, favorite screenplays that you wrote. <laughs> Oh, it turns out. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, wow. That's good. <laughs> that's really good. Okay. So I wrote, okay. So for vintage sake, mm-hmm. for vintage sake, I wrote Mahogany. Oh, wonderful. Um, For... I don't know. I just love the way the finished product turned out. So I wrote Shawshank Redemption. Oh, great. Yep. And wow, this is such a great question. <laughs> it's good because it leaves you with things to think about as you leave. And inevitably, you'll probably end up being like, oh, I wish I would have said that. But then you'll be like, oh, but I do oh, want I'll, to watch oh, yeah, that. I have, I'll probably email you. And right. I'll say, can I'm, you I'll just put this it. in the comments section? I'll take it. Right? I absolutely will. I'm happy to do it. What did I write? I wrote... Oh, this is so hard. <laughs> okay, I I wrote I wrote I wrote I, I have to do a romantic comedy cuz I love romantic comedy. Oh yeah, sure, great. I think mm, <laughs> That was a good one, but I, then I'm like how about that one? Okay, all right, all right. I'll just just say. Okay, so I wrote a mashup. See me cheating? Oh, I see what's happening <laughs> I wrote here. A mashup. Yep. Of yep. of the proposal mm-hmm. 
Nope, I'm just gonna go with the proposal. Okay, I just great. like it. I'm just great. gonna go with the proposal. Great. There was Pretty Woman was in there, show. but I just I just can't do the, the one great. about the prostitute. I can't do it. Okay, okay so, so yeah, I did understood. <laughs> I see what we were thinking there, yes. and mm-hmm. I understand, and I, I support your decision. Thank you. Um, okay, and then final category for you is three. Let's do, this is intense, um, oh, but three like real or fictitious villains that you basically like overcome for everyone. And it can be like silly or it can be intense, like it can be like Donald Trump, but it could also be oh, like, gosh. it would be, but it could also He's be like, them, oh my God, I would love intense. to go up. Yeah, sure. <laughs> seriously. Yeah. But you'd be like, but it would be amazing to go up against like Ursula from The Little Mermaid or, you oh, know, so and so and so and so. Like three, three things that you be, you're basically like a superhero who conquers three, three people, three characters. Okay. I just, I have to put Donald Trump in there. Let's just, get that right just in there. Let's we just have save to save us all. He's a super villain. Um. Okay. And then, uh, and then on the more fun side, um, <laughs> who would I defeat? I think that uh, the all the all the clones in the Matrix. That'd be oh, really yeah. cool if I was, you know, I'd, yeah, I'd be Nia as opposed to yeah. Neo. I did that. I did it. I did it. I did, I did that. It. I did that. You're welcome. Love it. And then let's see, because that'd just be a fun movie to be in. And then. Mm, super villain well let me say that um, the reason that i'm thought of this is i don't know why i thought of it but all of a sudden i thought endless listen i'm not the most diehard game of thrones fan i'm really not mm-hmm. but i do enjoy it okay there was a period of time in which i was like watching it because i was like i hope this gets good again mm-hmm. uh, and that, arguably i was just not into it but it was as good as ever i don't mm-hmm. know having said all of that yes there are a few evil creatures i have wanted to personally be able to get rid of more than those <laughs> blue-eyed dead people <laughs> mm-hmm. i it's okay if you don't watch it don't but that i have one, seen but that's seen but that episode. is one that's yes. one of those mm-hmm. ones that's so effective to me mm-hmm. that was sort of where i was going with it it's so effective that it like angers me that i cannot also participate <laughs> in fighting against it whereas a lot of times i'll just be watching something like okay got it good people bad people mm-hmm. uh-huh. good luck good people um for some reason that one really is like oh why are they still alive <laughs> or dead or whatever it is they are okay i All see right, it. i just I had to get it. It. I, I had to it. get it out there i had to get it out I there see it. i i'm trying to think of my third villain okay and i and you gave me so much time it was so nice i was trying to like like tune in and tune out at the same oh, no, time that so was just think. me it listening to the sound of my no, voice so don't it was worry wonderful. okay uh villains i am gonna say um i'm gonna say bad hair day <laughs> that's my villain bad hair day that my friend is a very good answer thank you it's a very good answer um okay all right so now i'm just gonna do that little squiggle thing where okay. I, that helps me determine what you end up with so mm-hmm. just tell me when to stop, stop. Ooh. this is unprecedented <laughs> i'm gonna pause this uh i'm gonna do a little calculating i'm gonna come back and give you your 100 guaranteed mash fictitious future all right stay tuned to you, it will seem as if no time has passed. All right. Uh, I feel good about this. I feel very good about this. Here we go. First of all, I want to congratulate on your beautiful house in Costa Rica. Thanks. Gorgeous. I don't know if um, 
uh, you were able to afford this beautiful house because some of that proposal money is uh, rolling in, nice. but you did write that screenplay. So congratulations and thank you. Um, I know that you resisted the pretty woman one, but I want you to rest assured that you did end up with Richard Gere from Officer and Gentleman's <laughs> okay, character. Okay, there we go, there we go. So you've got him. Uh, I, I'm assuming that uh, where you are in Costa Rica is near water because you are a master swimmer. Um, I want you to rest assured that when you come in from a long swim and you're hungry and you're like, ugh, what should I eat? That's gone for me. In this universe, bread pudding with bourbon sauce is the way to go. Mm-hmm. As much as you want, as long as you want, it, you'll feel great and you'll look great. Uh, I want to, uh, listen, I don't know what was going on with your gut, but you can uh, contact Shirley Chisholm when you need to. (laughs) So whatever, whatever's going on in there that like she's accessing, you're welcome. All right. Uh, I want to say I have loved the performance. I know you've been uh, headlining in Hamilton. Um, So great stuff there. And perhaps most importantly, we all... And when I say all, I mean 99% of the listeners of this podcast. If you're one of the 1%, I really apologize. But your defeat of Donald Trump <laughs> yes, nice. has helped many people. I love it. And I want to add that that does not mean that the vice president becomes president. That's yeah, yes, a little, yes, that's a little that. extra yeah. surprise I yeah. forgot to include. Um, Kelsey, where can people find you? What would you like them to know about? What can they check out? Uh, congratulations on your Emmy nomination. Thank you. Thank and you, thank you. Uh, and what? And just tell us where you are and how to find you and all that good stuff. Uh, on all the social stuff, <laughs> you can find me at, at Ms. Kelsey Scott. Ms. Kelsey Scott. We know you've got like the Ms. in front of it's it because you're Ms. from the South. Ms. Kelsey. That's right. Right, yeah, and after I, I have to you know specify that it's not the Miss. Because that's right. That's the younger that's ladies. Right. That's right. You know, for yes, yes. So uh, at Ms. Kelsey Scott on uh, Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook, and uh, in terms of what's happening now, you can still actually see the the Emmy nominated episodes of Fear the Walking Dead Passage on AMC.com. Nice. So go on there, scroll up, take a look. Yeah. Um, loved having the action that I spoke to the universe about. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's hard though, huh? It's, it's a whole different. It's hard and hard on you. When I tell you that I still have Dude. like bruises and yeah I have a neck yeah. injury like and I'm on a, a horror comedy this was like oh yeah <laughs> right. I guess if you're making fun of action shows you're still doing action yeah you got still it, got it, got those it. Are, those are still great, falls great yeah, great still, yeah absolutely exactly. it still bleeds yeah uh, listen we're <laughs> yes. very lucky um Kelsey thank you so much thank you for having and, me this uh, was such fun I'm so glad <laughs> uh guys I'll talk to you next time on the podcast bye bye As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.